I'm excited to welcome you to Live Healthy Naturally, a podcast about how to get healthy and stay healthy naturally. I'm Dr. Samya Shridhar. You can find us on all major podcast hosts, including Google, Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Hello, everyone. I am so excited. Um, pretty much today marks the one year anniversary of our podcast. Um, and this is just such an exciting thing because when I started out doing podcasts, I really didn't even know what I was going to share and how this was going to go. Um, so many people encouraged me to start the podcast, um, you know, saying that, you know, I have a lot of things to share. But obviously, you know, I'm sure you can relate with this that most of us don't really think we know that much to share with people. So I kind of had the same impression but eventually obviously you know we have been doing it for a whole year so it kind of worked out but now i am super excited because there is something else that's coming up you know in my practice one of the things that happens is i get to hear the stories of people it's such an honor and a privilege and i get to hear not just stories of their current illnesses but also their previous uh, conditions, things that they have had to deal with, how they dealt with it. And we always ask for a timeline of conditions and what they did to recover from that or resolve that. Because nothing that people suffer from today is just something that appears as it seems to be. There is always, always a reason for why it happens. So which means that we want to kind of understand what has happened over the years and what are the things that they've had. And if certain times old conditions can also contribute to the newer condition. So in those times, whenever I ask people about those kinds of things, people have shared with me all kinds of stories about healing from cancer naturally without chemotherapy, radiation or surgery. People have healed from heart diseases, from stroke, and uh, multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, so on and so forth, even before they came to me. That is one of the reasons why they actually thought that, you know, I would be a good choice for them because they have done it before. And maybe that practitioner left, or maybe they can't find that practice anymore, or maybe they moved. There are so many number of reasons, but they've always had this understanding that natural healing is possible for all kinds of conditions. And that's how they come to me. So as I was talking with one of the patients recently, I realized that, you know, there are so many healing stories. And whenever people come to me with chronic conditions, one thing that they must have is that they must know their body has the ability to heal. And this is so important. If you don't believe that your body can heal, then it doesn't matter what treatment you take, your body will not be able to heal because your body is trying to go with the identity that you are actually holding on to, the belief system that you're holding on to, and your body will not heal and it will all be a band-aid. And so, but many a times, why don't we have that belief? We don't have that belief because we don't know better. We don't really know that this is possible. We don't know the capabilities of our own bodies. And in that case, what can I actually bring to you that will help you understand that your body can heal? Obviously, I say this all the time that your body can heal, but you might think that that is just my perception. But now I want to bring many different guests to you, people just like you and me, 
people who have actually had experiences just like you and me. And I've had experiences of many health conditions and not necessarily that they have been treated in my office, but they have been treated by many different practitioners all around the world. And what did their healing story looks like? So I hope that this first anniversary of our podcast, I'm actually moving this podcast into another arena, which is to bring hope, to bring health to you and to everyone that's listening to this. Because, I mean, if we don't have hope, what do we have? And this is a very, very, very important um, work that needs to be done. And I'm extremely excited today because I have an amazing person that I've had the honor of uh, getting to know. She is um, one of the most, um, you know, happy, laid back, um, fun spirited person that I know. And as I started doing this, I wanted to kind of start off with people that I know have healed from all kinds of things. And so um, here I'm going to introduce you today to Saraswati. And um, we are going to hear from her about her healing and her journey to healing. Hello, Saraswati. Hi. Thank you for joining me today. I really, really appreciate you coming on as our first guest. Absolutely. I'm very <laughs> excited to be here. I mean, it's uh, it's always, you know, so much fun to be with you. So here today, um, I'm even more excited that, you know, for this first anniversary of our podcast that I get to actually have your story as the first story. Awesome. I am super excited and feeling awesome to be here. Perfect. Okay, then. So tell me a little bit more about your background, Saraswati, for our viewer, I mean, listeners, so that they can have an idea of, um, you know, who you are, as well as what your journey has been up until now. Absolutely. So, um, so again, like like Swami said, I'm Saraswati. I'm actually, you know, I live in Dallas right now, but I'm actually originally from India. Um, you know, grew up in southern India, tropical country, enjoyed all the nice weather there. Um, as a child, you know, as I grew up, uh, I had a different kind of, I guess, you know, the food, I guess I'm a, I've been a vegetarian, so I've mostly eaten healthy food. I guess except for dairy, I can I couldn't say that anymore that dairy is healthy, but I did consume dairy at that time. Um, you know, pretty much had a healthy life. You know, there were sometimes like everybody gets you know viral fevers and all of these things. So, but my dad has always been a big fan of homeopathy and uh, and also Ayurveda. So, besides the conventional medicine, um, I've also used a lot of homeopathic remedies as well as uh, Ayurvedic. Uh, you know whatever the stuff, uh, herbs and stuff. And so um, I've had a mixture of all these things, you know, for healing as such. But mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, I've always had more inclination towards natural remedies and homeopathic remedies uh, were my first to go as I grew up and mm -hmm. as well as even after growing up. But I didn't have a resource other than my dad to go to, you know, especially after moving to the U.S., it was more like, okay, I get sick, you know, take Tylenol, take Advil, you know, whatever comes. And then if I'm more sick, then I go to a doctor, which was seldom. Thankfully, I had a very good health where I didn't get sick a lot, uh, even in cold weather, you know, near Chicago. But um, when it was bad, I did go to a doctor. Okay, that's uh, wonderful. I mean, it's uh, always awesome when somebody already has that kind of a background because one of the things that I often see in my practice is that a lot of people want to do better, but they don't know better, 
right? right? Everybody, when they know better, they'll do better. Right. And what if we don't really have um, those kinds of, um, you know, understanding? What if we don't have that kind of background? If we don't have that background, then we don't always know what to go to. It's wonderful exactly. that your father, yeah. you know, knew some of these things. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't a doctor, is that right? No, that's right. So he was not a doctor, but see, that's the amazing thing about it. And this is one of the things that I like to advocate amongst our you know, pay people, patients as well as that, that, you know, I want people to actually learn how to take care of their own families, mm-hmm. at least for acute things. And that is the reason why we have all these free resources on Absolutely. our website mm-hmm. for, you know, all kinds of acute infections and acute uh, conditions that people can treat themselves. Because what it does is mm-hmm. it kind of helps us become more empowered, right. become better at, you know, doing those kinds of things for our own families and our children. Yes. Learn that, oh, these things work amazingly yeah. well. Yeah. Which means that their body also kind of, you know, is not used to taking a lot of medications and learns to heal on its own. own. And they start believing in their own body's ability to heal, which is not something, the story that we hear typically, you know, in the outside world. And here I also want to mention about my own uh, upbringing because, um, you know, my father um, was a homeopathic doctor. So that did help. But the fact is that, you know, I never ever um, really went to a doctor all through my childhood because my father took care of pretty much any of the things. And that didn't, that didn't mean that I didn't really have any kind of infections. I did have mumps. I did have chicken pox. I did have um, hepatitis, um, you know, A. But I have had all of these different conditions as well. And every single one of them have been treated by my father and through homeopathy, which means that, you know, I'm so proud to say that I have not actually taken any kind of conventional drugs mm-hmm. pretty much all my life except for when they gave me spinal anesthesia for my c-sections but even then i actually still um uh, chose not to take uh, painkillers or antibiotics after my c-sections and i just took homeopathy and healed from it and you know which is something that we do in our practice as well so it is wonderful to first of all know that that's possible right because nowadays yeah. people don't even think that's possible yeah. so many people think that you know once you have a child you have to take Correct. the child to the doctor all the time and yeah. keep getting some or the other medication and they're always taking something or the other yeah. and that's not how it is no. um, and how we- often did you have to go to the doctor when you were a kid um not often actually it was very less um i did have tonsillitis you know when we were talking about mumps and stuff i kind of remember but i used to get those like big chunky mm-hmm. cheeks and the that know, is mumps correct uh-huh. yeah so i used to get those a lot my uh-huh. tonsils were like swollen mm-hmm. where i used to like get fever and you know like i used to have pain and all that but so when i went to a conventional doctor i believe you know i was little so i didn't know much about it but my parents said that they would take it out uh-huh. that's, that's, that's the only way that i could get rid of them but then because my dad has been a you know homeopathic fan you know he actually took me to a homeopathic doctor oh that is there. wonderful and for a year i believe i used i don't even i think alfalfa probably was one of them i don't remember okay. but there was something that started with a that uh-huh. i used and another one i think i used it for about a year uh-huh. and never ever got back those things ever again oh that is such so, a wonderful story so you're saying that you did not have your tonsils removed no. even though they were enlarged correct that is an amazing story because yeah. this is something that we see in practice all the time you know people with enlarged tonsils yeah. you know go and get their uh, tonsils removed or adenoids removed right. and that's one of the things that we treat as well to kind of shrink it 
So it's wonderful that you actually had that experience back then and it wasn't removed because tonsils are extremely important. They are supposed to be there because it actually has a role in our immune system. It has a role in protecting us from different kinds of foreign bodies, including viruses, bacteria, pollen, all kinds of things. So we shouldn't be really removing those things. I am so glad that your father knew these things and he was able to take care of you. That's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. So what happened after you moved to the United States? Like, you know, uh, how many pregnancies and childbirth did you have? And how was your experience with that? Was it actually natural or was it actually medicated? Uh, What happened? So after I moved to the United States, I mean, like I said, I've been pretty healthy and never used to get, I mean, except for allergies and cold, I didn't have much. And I used to take those NyQuil, z and all those kind of stuff, you know, when initially mm-hmm. when I moved in, because I was very stuffy at that time. Right. Uh, but then, you know, with pregnancies, I've had pretty easy pregnancies as such, you know, I didn't have any complications or anything. Um, it was a smooth breeze. The first delivery uh, was with epidural. Uh, it was a natural both of them were natural deliveries mm-hmm. but then the first one I took the epidural mm-hmm. and um, I wasn't dilating so it was a long journey you know to get to that point where I could deliver the baby but after that I actually was on pain medication mm-hmm. because it was pretty painful being mm-hmm. the first pregnancy and delivery too mm-hmm. and I did take uh, Tylenol with nicotine I, I don't even remember the names but mm-hmm. they gave those to me it was with pretty, codeine you mean codeine yeah, uh-huh. yeah, codeine, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. so they did give those to me and I mm-hmm. used them I think for a few days mm-hmm. even though I was like kind of feeling like oh I have a baby and I'm feeding her and right. I'm taking those things I hope it doesn't affect her mm-hmm. but you know it was so painful the first few days that I, I did take it because I didn't know better I didn't right. know what else I could take yes. I didn't have the resource at that time yes. um, and isn't it funny though that uh, you know that even though you have been raised that way yeah. at some point in time somehow we actually depart from that right. belief system and we suddenly think that this is not really taken it's not possible exactly. to take care of this right and so many people even have told me that oh in the united states i didn't know that they were natural doctors and honestly speaking right. it's such a crazy belief though because because we have that belief we don't even right. look we don't look right and i'll tell you my own experience of mm-hmm. it where the reason why i had two c-sections which mm-hmm. shouldn't have been the case is because the first time when I actually was pregnant with my daughter, I had a perfectly normal pregnancy, mm-hmm. no issues whatsoever. And I did everything the way it was supposed to be, where I actually even um, walked four miles right before I went into labor. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I did everything that I could possibly do. And there was no reason for me to have a C-section, yeah. except for the fact that I didn't know that there were midwives. I didn't oh, know gosh. that that was actually even possible. Yeah. And the and uh, you know I believed that oh I have to look at my insurance and I have to choose the doctor right. from underneath that yeah. and not really even look for reviews and obviously right. you know this is also like 15 years ago yeah. so which meant that back then we didn't have google reviews google. <laughs> to, to <laughs> tell us you know whether this doctor is good or not yeah. and she was just not really a good doctor at all i mean Today, I feel like, wow, you know, I mean, I didn't know better. Yeah. Despite studying the right. things that I've studied, I didn't know better when it came yeah. to choosing the provider for my, you know, delivery. Yeah. And so, and because she was just not a good doctor, she didn't care. She didn't really check. She didn't come in to even see me or anything. And mm-hmm. so ended up, it ended up being a very long labor yeah. and, uh, you know, the, and, you know, they just kept giving me Pitocin again, despite, so it's not just you, right. even me who have yeah. had all this knowledge, right. couldn't do anything when it came to my own pregnancy. Yeah. I didn't really choose my advocates properly. Right. I didn't instruct them properly yeah. so that when I am not capable of right. handling it, that somebody so else does it. Yeah. So it is always that way, but mm-hmm. obviously all of those are available right. services now. And that's something that I want to let 
the listeners know that you know there are midwives there are uh, doulas there are uh, even you know patient advocates so even if you are in a hospital you can actually contact some people who are called patient advocates and you can actually tell them to go talk to the doctors nurses and kind of come up with the kind of treatment plan there is so much that can be done so don't ever think that that is the only choice you have so yeah. all right so that's what you did you yeah. took painkillers and Pretty things much. like that because you didn't know okay yeah. and yeah. then uh, did you have any kind of uh, uh, health crisis or uh, health condition that you have experienced since you have been in the united states and uh, you know and what was your experience of that and what happened um so I mean, everything else with pregnancies went pretty good. Um, and I've lived a healthy life. I've always eaten healthy and everything. So I always thought that I'm invincible. Nobody's going to come do anything to me. Nothing is going to happen to me. That's the kind of mindset I've always had. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's a wonderful mindset to have. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But, but I, took a, I took a shot, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, mm-hmm. because even though I was that strong mentally, the one incident that happened, I believe about three years ago, two and a half years ago was I suddenly had hives mm-hmm. that came up, you mm-hmm. know, in my body. And I was actually in New York at that time. As I was traveling back on the day I was supposed to travel back, I just woke up with all these like hives, like like something bit me, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I went and checked in the bed to see if my son was okay and everything was okay with him. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's just me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand what was going on. So, of course, you know, I knew Dr. Samia by then and I just called her office and asked what I could take. And uh, her assistant actually said, you know, I could take Apismel, but then I was in New York and there's like no sprouts or anything, but there was whole food, but they didn't have the potency that mm-hmm. I, I was supposed to take at that time. So I took, I went to the Walgreens, got Benadryl. I took that because I wanted to just come back home mm-hmm. and then come see her once I come back. But of course I wouldn't get the appointment the same day. So I have to wait for her like the next day or something. So I came in, the hives were just increasing in the body and then, you know, like pretty much everything was getting kind of puffed up. Um, so I was like, okay, let me just pass this night through and the next morning I'll call the office and then I'll find out. So you were still in New York at this time before you came. So I know you came to see me right. uh, after you came back to Dallas. Correct. But so when you were in New York, you were actually just at your room, just trying to take Benadryl to help the condition. Is that right. right? Okay. I mean, the day I was traveling back to Dallas uh-huh. is when I, I saw the hypes. Okay. Luckily. Okay. Uh, so that the flight was like in the afternoon. So I took Benadryl. I was sitting in the flight with all these little, little puffy eyes, you know, here and there, you know, hypes in there. And then I came back home. It was like, by the time we came back, it was past five. So mm-hmm. we were already closed by then. So I uh, took Benadryl. I ate something, you know, and then I went to bed. Mm-hmm. The next morning when I woke up, I was literally, I couldn't even open my eyes. I was literally like all puffed mm-hmm. up, entire body. Mm-hmm. And then I passed out. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So when I got up, you know, to probably use the restroom in the morning, you know, I just kind of passed out. And then that's when, you know, my family called the ambulance and mm-hmm. I went to the hospital. They did. So I was like pretty much like passed out and I just didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't open my eyes. I mean, mm-hmm. I could barely like even open, like see anything around. So all I knew was that something happened to me. Mm-hmm. I'm puffed up. I just need to get back to my normal state so mm-hmm. that I can even think better because mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on. Right. And then I went there. Then they did a lot of tests. They did like Lyme disease tests mm-hmm. because I went to New York. They thought a tick or something bit me. Right. <laughs> right. I probably had Lyme disease. But so you were mostly in downtown New York, right? Not upstate. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. just like Niagara Falls and New York. Right. So I wasn't like going out in the, in the woods. Right. So I didn't get any bites or anything. I knew that. And then they just gave me Benadryl and all other kinds of things just to bring my my puffiness down right mm-hmm. so all these things happened for a couple of days they poked me everywhere on my arms and because you know they couldn't find veins and stuff so I was like poked everywhere and I was like just do whatever you want just tell me what's going on that mm-hmm. was the mindset because like 
nothing is supposed to happen to me why did this happen to mm-hmm. me was thing that kept on running in my mind is mm-hmm. like i eat healthy mm-hmm. i don't eat anything crap mm-hmm. uh, the one meal that i ate different from my family was i ate a salad that night mm-hmm. and then i think then i started noticing all mm-hmm. these hypes and things come up but what could a salad do right, right. it was just lettuce and you were actually eating even healthier than them <laughs> right yes. yeah exactly <laughs> and here it happens to you yeah mm-hmm. so it kind of i think brought my confidence down mm-hmm. that how can this happen to me right. that that i couldn't get an answer for that i think one of the things that a lot of people actually tell me that as well is that you know i mean i have actually done worse in the past but now i am doing better why is this happening to right. me or uh you know i mean my entire family does all kinds yeah. of bad things but yeah. i actually do better <laughs> and why is this happening to me but one right. of the things that i want to actually mention here for our listeners is this that you know our bodies yes there is always a reason for it and i'll come to you know what we found more and all of that in a minute but there is always you know things that are actually accumulating in our body that we are not aware of as well yeah. and that you know even though you may not actually see it immediately outside mm-hmm. that this is what immediately caused yeah. it you know if you actually have a good provider they would be mm-hmm. able to help you find that yeah. root cause and that is always something that we need to do which is to find the root cause of the problem yeah. and uh, it's awesome that you had that attitude that you know nothing will get me i'm invincible right. that's a fantastic mindset to have uh but when it does happen that doesn't mean that our body will actually right. lose itself constantly either right. it is right. just to find what has happened right and uh, maybe we did do some things that we mm-hmm. are not aware correct that was not great for us yeah. and so now we actually learn it and we take action and we go on yeah. so we don't necessarily lose all of our right. confidence right. over our bodies yes. anymore yeah. yes but i mean those two days that i was in the hospital and when they came back saying that every damn test was negative i think that's what is like what is going on it's right. like it's just that that having no answers to what has happened i think kind of brought me down i can understand asach you know just the, the confusion is like someone tell me what happened yeah someone tell me why this happened so yeah. that i can do something about it right yes. it's more of that thing yes. like because i want to know things so i can do something about it rather yes. than find something out when it's like it's too late but that's also the reason why you know we talk about the tests right so many of the right. blood tests right. are just a snapshot in real time mm-hmm. so they don't necessarily actually show right. us immediate answers and i have had right. so many times in my practice where i have patients with all the you know symptoms of hypothyroidism right. but then their blood work looks yeah, normal normal right so and i think in your case too your uh, you were actually diagnosed with hypothyroidism right after that weren't you after a few months after that after yes, that yeah yes, okay yes, yeah did. go ahead so so that happened and then you know luckily on friday when i came back from the hospital mm-hmm. in the afternoon i got an appointment with you mm-hmm. and i came you know to see you and you know i was teared up you know when mm-hmm. i came because i was like i know she's going to fix me that's all you know when i saw her the moment i saw you i was like you're going to fix me that's all i had and so it was like i don't know if it was happy tears or sad tears uh-huh. or whatever they were just tears you know i just remember that and i was like so when i came to you and then you started put me on on whatever protocol you put me on whether it was diet whether mm-hmm. it was remedies mm-hmm. and any other cleansing mm-hmm. thing detox right it, it just helped me just mentally saying that okay now i'm going to get well yes what happened why it happened is a secondary thing right. in the next few weeks i'm just going to get well first yes then figure out what what has happened yes. why it has happened yes. so the first few weeks i gave myself that time of feeling better you know mm-hmm. okay i'm, I'm going to get better giving that mental uh, strength to myself that i am going to get better and then once that's done that's when we did the thermogram after a few weeks because that is correct i think after 6 weeks also i still had some things and you suspected something else was going yes, on yes. and that's when you said let's go do the thermogram yes. which i also wanted to first kind of give you some time because 
your body had obviously a histamine reaction right. so there was a lot of histamine soaring through your body that right. was creating that right. so i kind of wanted your body to settle down of course the most important thing is not um as much as okay you know getting more of testing then the more important mm-hmm. thing is to actually give you relief rather right. than you know you losing confidence in yourself and so which is what uh, you know we are trying to do for the first few weeks and after that yes because when obviously any of the blood work came out to be negative and all of the tests right. came out to be negative i knew that it has to be a functional problem right. and not a structural problem and this right. is a very important aspect of it as well because most people think that you know if something is not in your blood right. then it's not really a problem no that is right. not the case right. because most diseases are yeah. appearing on the organ level or on a tissue right. level right. and they are not really on the blood yeah. level unless right. it's a blood problem right so without looking at the tissues and even yeah. when we look at the tissues if you are only looking for structural problems yeah. as in the case of ct scans mris right. cat scans Yeah. all of these look at structurally okay. and when you look at it structurally as well you are only going to find something if there is a pathological change that change. has taken place if there is a growth if there is mm-hmm. an ulcer right. only then right. but it's not going to show you functional problems right. that are happening in that and right. that's where the thermogram is such a fantastic tool Absolutely. it's been amazing uh, you know in finding out so then what happened after the thermogram was so done so after the thermogram was done we figured out a few things you know where i think the pineal gland i guess that's why the thyroid wasn't working functioning optimally and then was the pituitary it was a pituitary it was a pituitary sorry, sorry. no worries <laughs> that's why we have a doctor here <laughs> so it so was a pituitary it was a pituitary yeah. and then um, there were a few other things that came uh, yeah i heavy think metals. I dental yeah yes the heavy metals i also had like a mercury uh, bridge i guess you know there was yes. mercury in there that i need to get you know removed because of which i think all of the anaphylactic reaction happened because yes. my body was detoxing constantly like mm-hmm. every second in in my you know lifetime and i didn't know i didn't know about it right so and that's the, why when we were talking about how you were eating well and all of that but there right. were other things other that were things. done without even realizing that exactly. these were actually right. harmful to us right? Right. right we don't we just go to an expert right. if it's a dentist if it's a dental problem we yeah. go to the dentist and we say okay here you know i just open my mouth yeah. and you know do what you do need what to do <laughs> right exactly. and then yeah. we expect and hope that right. they actually know what they are doing, doing right. and it's not just a fix for today but it's yeah. a fix in the long term yeah. as well right. and that's what we are hoping to accomplish yeah. but then we have so many different you know times yeah. where they are not they are not doing it intentionally right. Right. they just don't know better but exactly. what they don't know better affects us as well so right. there is things like this that happen so to summarize saraswati had uh, heavy metals uh, in her tissues and she also had a pituitary problem and she was actually having toxicity in the body and her body was not detoxifying properly this was actually the most important thing over a period of time the toxins had been building up but she wasn't able to detoxify as well as it should right. when the toxicity limit was actually more than what the body could handle then it actually created a reaction an allergic reaction in the body it could have been triggered by anything we don't know what exactly triggered it but mostly the problem was not just what triggered it the problem is what was already in there it's like a volcano ready to erupt yeah all you need is even just a leaf falling into it can actually create that trigger reaction i i think the trigger was because i went for an ayurvedic massage ah uh, two times and the the day i left for new york was the second time i went so the first time i when i did it i think i wasn't ready to 
detox because my lymphatic system was already overburdened. Yes. And I didn't choose the right path for uh-huh. the detox to start. Yes. Uh, because you told me this. This yes. is how it happened. And that is so. the most important thing. So my, most people though, unfortunately, when they actually go do something like that and right. something like this happens, they will think that it's because of the treatment. Correct. But it's not the treatment. The right. treatment did not actually do it. Yeah. But because the pathways were not open, right. when you are trying to detoxify right. through a treatment, yeah. now it is not able to detoxify. Right. Instead, it actually erupted through ways that yes. it shouldn't be erupt- erupting through exactly so that's what had happened in your case as well right. yes right. right so so i mean those things came up and i think you put me again on a particular diet mm-hmm. and then you know you know several other detox and smoothies and everything and i think a few months later i think it's all when covid things started is when even my stress levels were increased you know i guess you know because i wasn't handling the stress very well you know with kids being home and work mm-hmm. and everything else i think that's when my thyroid took a hit and that's mm-hmm. when the thyroid problem came up mm-hmm. uh, and you said it is because of stress because mm-hmm. everything else looks good it's just yes. the hormone that's kind of you know going yes. lower or higher so then i was put on that and you know after that i think ever since i think the detox process has been happening and you know um, the rest of it also now i'm off thyroid you know my thyroid is functioning great right now right. after a year or right. year and a half i think uh, i don't think that we ever put you on any thyroid medication in the sense that you yeah, never went no. on levothyroxine or synthroid any of no, those no, no, things not yeah just right. the remedy yes yeah, so everything remedy. was treated completely Correct. naturally yes. and your thyroid now the thyroid hypothyroidism whatever yeah. typically people actually hear right. this is one of the reasons why i actually wanted to ask you about that as right. well and this is also the reason why i'm doing the series is because people the moment they hear hypothyroidism for right. example they immediately hear treatment for yes. the rest of their life and Correct. what does a treatment look like synthroid or armor thyroid or right. levothyroxine something like this yeah. all their lifetime right. but in your case you haven't had to take a single thyroid no. medication did you no. no i didn't even go to a conventional doctor you know because you suspected it could have been thyroid the day i came yes. in to see you because mm-hmm. i was feeling very like fatigued and mm-hmm. you know i didn't have any energy to like i walk a few steps and i go back and you know like lay down on the bed that's mm-hmm. how less my energy was mm-hmm. no matter how much i eat and mm-hmm. then you said it looks like it's thyroid mm-hmm. but then we didn't do the test mm-hmm. you suspected it and then over the weekend because i was feeling too tired and mm-hmm. like i was almost like passing out i went to the emergency like mm-hmm. the, yeah, urgent care mm-hmm. and, uh, they did the mm-hmm. blood work and that's when it came out and i sent you the report and right. you put me on the remedy yes. soon after that yes and then you know it kind of settled after that mm-hmm. that's exactly i think i was on a thyroid medicine like way back when when probably when i was like 26 mm. or something or even yeah, i guess around 26 after my first child was born um i went to a like a doctor like a regular yearly checkup and then you know she was like oh maybe you have thyroid because i think i said maybe my hair was falling or something mm-hmm. like that. and then she's like oh let's check your thyroid and it was like borderline but then she put me on the medicine for three months mm-hmm. and i hated taking that because it's like the first thing in the morning i would take it and not eat anything for half hour i'm like right. i'm hungry when i wake up in the morning <laughs> and i want to eat so i hated taking that medicine but i took for three months mm-hmm. uh, and then i went back she's like oh it's fine now but then i was like do i have to take this now and she's like well it's only borderline like no i don't want to take it let's mm-hmm. see for the another three months mm-hmm. so i did not take it for another three months and then we did the test again and it was still like borderline so it mm-hmm. was fine so i was like thank god i don't have to take this anymore yes but then you know if if i had to ever take and i was also on a cholesterol medicine right at that age uh-huh at 26 wow at 26 they okay. put me on i don't even remember the name i know you mentioned that to me yeah once, you know, when statins most likely yeah yes so, yeah mm-hmm. so she put me on some mg i don't know how much it was but she put me on that because they were like the triglycerides and my 
LDL or HDL, whatever, H- the, bad, uh-huh. the bad one. The total was, cholesterol as well yeah. as LDL was high. Right, mm-hmm. it was high and, and I wasn't exercising as much, so my other one, the good cholesterol was a little low. So she put me on that and I was taking that as like, I'm just 26 mm-hmm. and I'm on a cholesterol medicine at this age. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I'm right. not taking it. So I stopped taking it mm-hmm. without even mentioning it, but I just didn't like taking it because right. something in me told me this is not the way to go. Right. I just didn't know what was the right way, Right. but I just knew this was not where I wanted to be. Yeah. So I stopped taking that medicine. But, you know, fast forward, you know, like two years ago, you know, we all did all these thermograms and everything. Everything came out good, you mm-hmm. know, except for these few things here mm-hmm. and there. And then we started addressing those. But I do want to emphasize on the thermogram as such in general is because the benefits I see from yeah. from doing that yes. compared to mammogram, from even even blood work. Yes. Right? There's no yes. coke, there's nothing in it. It's just like yes. getting temperatures. But yes. the amount of information it gives, that is true. the amount of data it gives for us to do something about anything you have in your body. Yes, It's not just about, oh, I have this problem, now what do I do with it? Right. It's not like that. You may get this problem in, yes. in the next five years. Do yes. something about it now. Yes. So that's what your thermogram does for you. It's more of a predictive analysis on your body yes. where you can you know, take action and get better yes. before something hits you hard. Exactly. And I I love that you're saying that it's true because even though we have actually done blood work for you as well after right. that and right. all that. So yeah. it's not that, you know, oh, you know, we don't ever, right. obviously right. we know do we do all of those things to check on things to yeah. make sure that on that level as well, biochemical right. level as well, everything is right. right. And, you know, it has been, you know, you didn't have to, your, your cholesterol, everything is right. very good now. There's nothing that's concerning right. there. So even on a blood level, it is, but when blood work didn't do anything, the Correct. thermogram was actually able to help. Right. And then we also repeated your thermogram yes. recently, didn't right. we? Yes. So wasn't your first thermogram had some uh, possibilities of developing cancer? Didn't it yes. show that yes. in the first thermogram as yes. I remember? Yes. Yeah. So the first one showed, I think the second one also kind of had got better, uh-huh. but then it still had yes. some stuff. Yes. Um, uh, but then the, the recent one that we did, the third one, it showed actually, it showed much more or less possibility of yes. it. There are still things that need to be addressed, yes. but at least the possibility of that has gone down way yes. lower yes. compared to what it was the first time we did. Yes. So I was like super excited yes. about it. I think I was excited the first time itself, even to know that there's a possibility of it yeah. and I can do something about it today. Yes, yes. It's so, not really just a lot of people actually get nervous when they have to find out because they think, right. oh, this means a diagnosis. Exactly. And a diagnosis means that you have to live with this for the rest of your life. Right. No, it is actually a roadmap to where we are and where right. we need to go. Right. Because most cases, right, mm-hmm. you know, this is as you know it too. Right. In your case, everything was fine until right. one day it wasn't. Exactly. And that's just how it happens. Yeah. Most people get diagnosed with diseases one right. not a very fine morning yeah, <laughs> obviously exactly so that's just how it happens yeah. and so why does that happen it's because we don't yeah. really know where our tissues are right. until and we also learn to kind of uh, push a lot of things under the rug yeah if it's not cumbersome if Correct. it's not really so bothersome so it bothersome. wasn't painful right we learn to push it under the rug right. and so when we keep doing that over yeah. a period of time boom one day something happens yeah and the thermogram has been such an amazing tool Absolutely. in understanding that. Yeah. And even in your case, that's just what actually helped us exactly. find out why you had the hives yes. and what we need to do about it yes. and be able to change mm-hmm. the body and, yeah. you know, everything, the function of it yeah. and remove the heavy metals, right. all of those things yeah. over a period of time. Right. Obviously, this means that, you know, you have... Yeah your health and you yes. know that you have your health <laughs> yes absolutely i mean i was that was one thing that gave i think more confidence in saying that okay most of my organs are working fine the majority like the major organs are actually working fine it's just few things that i need to address to make to bring my health back 
and I was actually glad that that happened, that incident, that event of you know hospitalization, everything happened because everything has a learning, the positive side to it. Yes. And if I if that didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have known about the possibility of cancer right. or my you know my pituitary gland not working yes. and the metals in my body and yes. all of these things, which. Because I know about them, I knew about them at that time. I was able to do something. I got it off the the bridge that had the mercury. I got it replaced with something else. I did whatever I needed to do to you know get the rest of the health back. No, that's wonderful. And uh, you know, as you just said, rightly said too, that it is an opportunity to learn. Mm, right. It's not an opportunity to feel betrayed by our body. Correct. It's not an opportunity to right. get upset at our body. It's right. an opportunity for us to learn what is my body trying to tell mm-hmm. us. Absolutely. And that's exactly what you did. Yes. Yes. And I mean, you know, your story is again one of um, very powerful stories because you had all of these things, but you didn't really freak out and immediately say, okay, right. please give me all the drugs in the world <laughs> <laughs> and let me take it every day for the rest of my life. Right. Right. Instead, you actually yeah. chose to heal your body. Yes. Absolutely. And so I really thank you for coming in here today absolutely. and, uh, you my know, <laughs> sharing your story because mm-hmm. I think the more people actually hear stories of um, different people's healing for different conditions, mm-hmm. it actually gives them the confidence to know that their body too yes. has the same ability. You know, it's not absolutely. like you and I are unicorns in any ways. No, <laughs> so, so obviously it means that if yes. I can do it or you can do it, yes. anybody else can do it absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. And uh, hopefully we'll have you soon again for another story. I'll be excited. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. I know you have things to do and places to be, and you chose to listen to me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'm Dr. Samya Sridharan, and it is an absolute honor to be heard by you. I hope you enjoyed and learned something from this episode. Show us some love and share with your friends and family. And be sure to tune in to our next episode in two weeks. Much love and help. Until then.